We're here with episode two in this three-part series on digital transformation, telling stories from big companies, some of them hundreds of years old with household names, as they transform themselves into modern tech companies. Last week, we heard about the transformation of Datasite, but today, we're taking a look into, what is it, farmland? <laughs> well, I guess you can say that. That's Christian Idioti, partner at Silicon Valley Product Group. He's interviewed these product leaders and is helping tell these stories with us for the season. And Christian, you've already co-hosted one of these episodes with us, so I think you know what we need to do next. I think it's time to roll the intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today.
Okay, so Christian, we have two more stories to tell today in this episode. Is that right? That's right. And both of the companies we'll hear about today, they are probably going to be familiar to all of our listeners out there. These are some household names. Like? Well, maybe we ought to start with one that's a public company, which has been around for around 185 years. 185 years. Okay. That's a lot. Um, what company are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about John, you know, John Deere specifically. I spent time with Doug Sutter, remarkable leader, director of product at John Deere. And well, I'll let him tell you more about John Deere and why they had their sights on starting their digital transformation journey. John Deere is a, a brand and a company that's been creating products for farmers and contractors you know, making equipment and increasingly we are focused on how can we create more value for our customers and specifically by leveraging technology to do that. And so what we're really doing is transforming from being a, an equipment company, an iron company into being a, a, what we often call a smart industrial company. One that is really focused not just on equipment, but smarter equipment and technology data, software, a whole new suite of solutions. Um, and so that requires uh, transforming how the company's structured, how we do work, how we actually um, create solutions for customers. So they're no longer a tractor company, but instead a smart equipment company, one that integrates machinery, technology, data, and more. That's a big lift for sure. So where did things start for John Deere? Well, as we learned last week, a key to meaningful transformation is getting this senior leadership sponsorship. It's starting from the top. And that's exactly what happened at John Deere. Yes, Doug, with more on that. The holistic change to a smart industrial really started from the top, from the CEO and the, and the top leadership team to really set in motion and organize the, the company around production systems. And then a chief technology officer to really drive the, the technology organization. So those kind of changes came from the top. I think leaders such as myself and others uh, in this production systems organization really grasp the role that product management can play and, and, and that that would be instrumental to moving in a more agile fashion. We've had, uh, through a couple of different acquisitions, we acquired several years ago a company called Blue River Technologies. They're based you know, out of out of Silicon Valley. So we had some some other inputs that had, you know, that brought fresh perspectives to the table as well. Support and urgency from the top and fresh perspectives. That helped get things going. Uh, what next? Next came a change in how the organization organized itself. Doc talks here about how the organization wasn't really organized in a way to service customers. But for a transformation to work, that also needed to change. What we really did was reorganize the, the company around how our customers work. So historically, we were, we were organized more by product lines. And so there was the tractor team and the combine team and the sprayer team very much around our pieces of equipment we make. But our customers don't tractor. They grow corn and soybeans, or they grow sugarcane, or they grow almonds and pistachios. And so when we say production systems, we reorganized our company to focus around segments of our customers that grow corn and soybeans in the United States or in North America. 
And so that that was one key step to um, to aligning ourselves with how our customers think about the work they do. The second thing we did was reorganize some of our technology groups. We had technology kind of spread out throughout the large company, and we brought those together so that we could really leverage our tech stack, make it applicable to more types of customers. All of these big organizational changes, that's a big deal for a massive organization, especially one that's been around for such a long time. Do you make these changes fast and sort of like, brute force it, rip the Band-Aid off kind of thing? Well, you can imagine that could lead to issues. And Doug and his team realized this too. Yes, lots of changes need to happen, but you can't make them all at once. The process of change is a process itself. You can't boil the ocean on a huge company by, by trying to change everything at one time. I think w- starting within kind of the digital area and trying to to change, you know, get a kind of a beachhead of progress and, and, and so forth in one area and then let some of those best practices and change kind of flow out from there. The partnership between product management, engineering, and user experience is, is really vital. The topic of team topology and how do you best organize teams in a very, very complex uh, system to have the least amount of dependencies, the most amount of autonomy, clear objectives. That's something that we're trying to keep revisiting and refining together and forging that that really trusted relationship between the 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 product eng and UX leaders and and making sure that flows down. I, I would have even gone harder at that sooner because I, I really see that being being uh, a key a key to success. So as John Deere's going through these changes, a lot of the changes we're talking about, they involve people. How do you get everyone on board? Well we talked about how these big changes need to start from the top because there is one leader that is aligned to everybody. So that's certainly important. Are there other things you can do aside from showing support from the top and empowering the rest of the organization? There certainly are. One thing that John Deere did was, well, create things to literally show their employees what the future could look like and what it will look like after this transformation. I do encourage a lot of teams to harvest their success, to pilot and model out what this looks like, because it's very hard. While it's easy to visualize how other companies can do it, it's hard to visualize how your company can do it. I'll let Doug go into this more. There's some of those public facing kind of vision type videos that kind of cast a a future vision of what could be in in the distant future down to you know, more, um, maybe more internal and proprietary clarity that, that says, what are we really trying to do in the five-year horizon? One of the things that we're quite, quite excited about is the, the, the ability for technology to um, really address some of the world's biggest problems. And, and for example, historically, when farmers wanted to address weeds in their field, they would bring a sprayer into the field and they would spray all of the ground 
regardless of whether there was a weed there or not. And so um, through our, our acquisition of, of Blue River Technologies, we're now commercializing and bringing to market CN spray technology, which mounts cameras on a sprayer. That's the equipment that goes to the field when the crop's growing. And those cameras and the machine learning algorithm that are backed behind that are can't constantly scanning the field and can characterize, is this a plant or is this a weed? And only then spray herbicide on the weed and not the plant. This you know, has the potential to reduce herbicide usage upwards of 90%. That is a very compelling and exciting vision of what, of what can be and make an impact for our customers and for the world. And what now for John Deere? Is their digital transformation journey just finished? Ah, Michael, once you start a digital transformation journey, it's never really finished. I don't know that we'll ever be done. I mean, the the as technology evolves, as customer problems evolve, I mean, I, I think we'll always be transforming. You know, I think we've already seen some really good results, even just in our um, you know, operating performance that's that's been that's been made public and so forth. So I think there's a, a high degree of of excitement that we're on the right path, but a recognition that we're really just getting started more broadly. All right. Well, that was great to get a slice of John Deere's digital transformation journey. We're going to take a quick break here. And after the break, we'll go from talking about tractors to personal budgets, sort of more on that after the break. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att. That's business.att.com. Before the break, Christian Idioti of Silicon Valley Product Group helped walk us through part of the digital transformation journey of John Deere, the 185-year-old public company we all know, probably more for their tractors, but it now sees itself as a smart technology company. But now we're going to change gears a little bit, right? That's right. We're now going to focus on Ramsey Solutions, a remarkable company that makes their money from content, products, and events that are designed to help people simplify their life, learn to budget better, and be dead. But wait, is this Ramsey Solutions as in Dave Ramsey? Ah, yes, a larger-than-life personality that most people are familiar with from his presence on TV and radio and now on web. Great. So for Ramsey Solutions, what did digital transformation look like for them? Well, I'll let Brendan Wojcik tell you. He's the chief technology officer at Ramsey Solutions. It wasn't so much that we that we needed to transform from a media company to a digital company. It was more so that the market was shifting, the world was shifting, the way that people, you know, consumed content was shifting and and how life change happens was moving over to the web. And really for us, you know, the story was about um, trying to be where the people are. That meant kind of up-leveling, um, you know, the, the kind of internal skill that we have and, um, and, and, and changing kind of the products that we offer in the marketplace. Transformation is uh, like an outside word or an executive word. 
you don't hear a lot of people on teams use the word transformation. For them, it's just about like kind of changing their daily habits. Really, the journey for us around transformation has been uh, helping guide people through, you know, kind of changing their daily habits. Changing daily habits. That's a great way to think of it. And yeah, a good reminder from Brendan that most people on the team, they might not even be thinking of it as, ah, great. Uh, Today we start our digital transformation, right? The company and the organization does transform, but it's less about what kind of term they're using and more about what's actually happening inside of the organization, right? And for Ramsey Solutions, it was all about changing those daily habits. Yes, that's right. They help their customers change daily habits when it comes to money, budgeting, and finance. But they also needed to change their daily habits when it came to their organization. This is the core of their digital transformation. And when people in the organization realized that this was the goal to change daily habits, was everybody on board? <laughs> well, Mike, that's a bit tricky. Let's go back to Brandon here. Changing your habits is pretty scary. Like if if you're in a if you're in a long-term pattern of creating world-class content, because that's really what we have done. That's the reason why we've grown as a company is we consistently create world-class content. First, it starts with hiring the right people. And then two, it's about setting the standard. So when when you've got a standard uh, about what things must be, what they must look like, what they must sound like, you know, uh, you know the the qualities of what characterizes something that's world class. It it is difficult to shift the mentality just on a personal level to understand that this is not a one shot game. It's something that we can kind of iteratively get to, right? So when I think about transformation, if transformation is what you want in your company, the reality is is that you have to have personal transformation first. There is no such thing as a company that goes through transformation, a genuine transformation where you really change the products you deliver, your impact on the market, your impact to your customers. There's no such thing as creating market disruption, market change, internal transformation without, as the executive team, the people at the top of the company going through personal transformation. Okay, so not only was a digital transformation needed, but it actually had to start with a personal transformation for everybody. And that can be scary, right? I mean, we're all used to operating the way that we operate. So when we're forced to change, it's never easy. So where did Ramsey Solutions have to invest to help make these changes? Well, it's interesting you ask that. Sometimes the transformation can be expensive right from the start. For Ramsey Solutions, the approach was a little bit different. It actually didn't require a massive cash investment on the front end. Uh, which is something that I see a lot of companies do. A lot of my peers that are CPOs at other companies, I I hear them talking about making these enormous cash investments to bring in like giant consulting firms. And, 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 you know, I think the only reason you probably need to bring in a giant consulting firm is if you haven't gone through personal transformation yourself, you know, Uh, because you're, you're out outsourcing all of your change decision-making to a third party group. What we have done is to bring in uh, a, a lot of really skilled trainers that will come in and talk to a, a, a core group of us and uh, to really kind of uh, help help us in our personal transformation process, right? So that that's where we chose to invest the money. When I think about the major investments that we had to make, I think about it in kind of three buckets. I think about uh, we had to create change about how we see and deliver value. How, how we discover and, and deliver value. I had to make investments into improving the skill level and the craft of our makers on the team, whether that is, you know, 
you know, systems engineers, software engineers, product designers, you know, whatever it is, we needed to make, uh, you know, investments into improving the craft or the skill of everybody. And then the third bucket is we had to make investments in figuring out how to improve the flow of the company, you know, looking at where, uh, you know, a lot of those impediments or blockers are to actually acting quickly. So there were investments that were made, but initially it was less about the investments made in tech and more so on how they can help change the habits within the organization. That's exactly right. You change those habits and then you start to make other changes. For Ramsey Solutions, the next step wasn't even tech stack or anything like that. It was more about how they work, how they create value. Yes, Brendan, we'd mourn that. Probably the first thing was just embracing this idea of limiting our organizational work in progress. Uh, that's actually where we started. We didn't start with product uh, transformation. The first place that we kind of parked the car was just saying like, hey, if we keep on overstacking ourselves with too many things to do, uh, we're not going to have any time to change our minds about anything. We're just going to be in a constant chaotic pattern, you know? So really kind of taking a, a look at each business division and uh, getting more cognizant about limiting the amount of things that we do at one time was, was a big part of it to limiting our, you know, our work in progress was um, like a lot of, you know, one shot companies, we had an addiction to deadlines. And uh, I'm uh, a lot of people uh, over the years have misunderstood my relationship with the idea of deadlines. Like I'm actually pro deadline, but if you're going to have a deadline, uh, it's got to be for a good reason. Most people, like even most seasoned executives, if you say to them, um, uh, hey, what are the circumstances in which a deadline is appropriate? They can't answer the question. It's it's a really interesting thing. You'd think that somebody that's been leading for 10, 20 years would be able to answer the question. And so one of the things that we had to do is we had to define internally uh, what is an appropriate uh, scenario in which you have a deadline. And so we defined it. And we, we basically said, uh, if revenue is going to be lost uh, after a certain date, or basically we were going to uh, you know lose out on uh, a big material opportunity, uh, by a certain date, right? So simply just identifying when is it appropriate to have a deadline was uh, a really big move forward for the company because now instead of being constantly fixated on these dates on the calendar, it allowed us to start to become fix fixated on uh, how do we create value for the the customer. Well, it's great to hear a company like Ramsey Solutions approach their digital transformation. I'm sure they learned a lot through the entire process. What specifically did Brendan bring up as something that he learned? Well, we did talk about quite a few learnings, but one of them really stood out to him as being important. And what was that? Well, following the team, we continue to see it revolved around people and process. When I went through my personal transformation process, I didn't take enough people with me. Um, and what, what ended up becoming the result of that is I became, uh, I unintentionally kind of became the hero of a lot of this stuff. So I, be, I became the organizational bottleneck. Uh, I, I was the only one teaching. I was the only one guiding. Uh, I became the internal expert. And that, that was, um, I actually think that that 
uh, was limiting, limited thinking on my part and a, and a bad strategy. And so one of the things that I've really had to shift to is uh, I no longer perform trainings inside the company. Uh, I, I personally trained something like 1,200 people when we first started doing this, 20 people at a time. I almost made training my full-time job. Um, and, uh, and I have really had to break that habit. The new model that I am using is now I will only teach my direct reports. That's it. I will teach my direct reports and then I will go with them when they teach their direct reports. Uh, and then they will go with their direct reports when they teach their direct reports. You know, so I've really had to learn as a leader, how do I leverage my influence inside the organization to create meaningful change? And frankly, just pulling a bunch of people in a classroom and me teaching them, it's good because I, I, I transfer my organizational authority to say, hey, this is the way that we're going to go. But if the most direct leaders that those teams are working with haven't experienced the same level of personal transformation that I have, they're not going to be able to make the same decisions that I would make. It was great hearing part of the Ramsey Solutions digital transformation journey. Let's take one final break here and we can wrap up once we're back. Christian, now we've heard about three different companies in these first two episodes, Datasite, John Deere, and Ramsey Solutions. Are you seeing some specific themes emerge? I think some are becoming pretty clear. So far, it seems that most of the transformation journey revolves around people and how you work. Yes, tech is a big part of it and a critical piece. But in some ways, changing how you organize yourself and how you work in terms of your mindset and your culture seems to be as complicated and challenging for these companies. And maybe it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, it was a bit of a surprise to me, but especially when we're talking about big organizations that have been around for decades or in some cases over a hundred years, it's definitely hard to change the status quo. I'm especially interested in how we heard about those personal transformations and how they were just as critical a part in the process. It's almost as if the organization can only go through their digital transformation if every single person in the organization is going through their own personal transformation. I love that. I, I love the mindset that uh, true transformation starts with individual transformation. And that's a core secret of uh, some of these companies is seeing leaders have that personal transformation. One other thing we're starting to hear often is that making these big structural changes, it's allowing organizations to better serve their customers, to deliver value faster. That's sort of the whole point with these transformations, right? That we can solve problems in a meaningful way and create results for our business and create solutions our customers love. The needs of our customers are changing. And it's important that organizations adapt to those needs. And at the same time, they are also changing. Right. And in the past, that would be a major challenge. Some of the old waterfall ways, so to speak, you could adapt, but it would take a very long time to make any sort of meaningful change, whether it's a change in the product or the process. But digital transformations are meant to help organizations adapt on the fly. Well, Christian, these were great stories to tell today. Thank you for bringing these to us. And... You have two more coming up next week. Is that right? Yes. Two more to go. And you thought a 185-year-old company was a real old one? Ha! One of the stories you're about to hear 
next week is from a company that is 200 years old. Not exactly a startup. Well, either way, we can't wait to dig in and close out this mini series on digital transformations. For Michael Saka and Christian Idioti, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.